will be trickling in for the next 15, 20, 45 minutes. Um, so uh, just expect that, and please give welcome uh, facial expressions, and we'll embrace whoever comes whenever they come. But uh, we are starting much closer to on time because we do have quite a few people that may be speaking, so uh, I want to make sure that they have enough time to talk about what they'll be talking about. So uh, will you bow your heads with me, and uh, let's just pray a little bit. Um, tonight's partnership night, so... I'll, uh, I'm going to be inviting you into several different things. One of them is prayer. So I'm going to close up with the prayer, but if uh, any of you want to just pray out and, uh, and thank God and ask Him for whatever you would like and praise Him in whatever way you want and thankfulness, we can do that right now. So bow our heads. Lord, we thank you for your provision. We thank you that, that you are the God that provides, the God that protects, the God that cares for and nourishes and uh, disciplines and, uh, and loves. We thank you so much for your love, Lord. And we thank you for sending your Son because uh, of your children that were lost and that you have adopted us. And we thank you for that. I uh, hear just in the prayers this evening, just the familial um, context, Lord, of us just being family. And, and so, Lord, I just ask that we could continue to understand what it means to be, to have you as our Father. That we could probably spend the rest of the evening just contemplating our relationship with you as our Father, but uh, sending the Son and our relationship to you, Jesus, as our Savior, and, and the relationship that we have with uh, you, Holy Spirit, and your indwelling, and that you are here with us, never to leave us and, or forsake us, and that your presence is here. And I ask that you would fill us up, as Stacy talked about, uh, us just having anxiety or uh, 10,000 thoughts. Lord, just settle us into this place, this beautiful place where we get to be with you and with each other. As somebody else already said, of same mind, and Lord, where we're not in same mind, let us reconcile to uh, your mind, and that would be a renewal. And we thank you, Lord, where our hearts are crossed or are broken, and uh, Lord, we, we are in process. And we just thank you so much that you've taken uh, us and brought us into the remnant. And uh, we just thank you for the story of God's people and that we are today uh, those people. And so, Lord, we just thank you for that ridiculously high honor of, of being servants to the King. And so, Jesus, I just ask that you would continue to show up, that you would uh, be the face, that this is your body, and that you would be the head and the authority and uh, our Lord. And so let... Please reign with us this evening, Lord. We know that when you are reigning and that people submit and obey to that, that reign, that the kingdom is already. And so uh, it gives us a foretaste of the not yet. And so we thank you for your mighty ways, God. We thank you for how big the picture is and, and how we have no idea exactly all that's going on. And we thank you for the mystery. Let us walk by faith and continue to watch fruit be delivered 
uh, to us and through us in your name. We thank you so much. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, so here is the next little piece. Uh, so those of you in the fourth row, I'm going to ask you to move to the third row. I know that just sounds like a real pain. So there's a bunch of third row seats over here, and there's a few over here as well, and a few over here. Uh, now I'm going to ask everybody, uh, well, I'm not going to ask you this yet. Oh, I'm just kidding. Uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to uh, speak to one another, and imagine that. And so what we're going to do is this middle row right here is going to be uh, the row that moves. And so what's going to happen is this first row is going to stand up and they're going to turn around. And this row here is going to meet uh, people in this row, or every other person is. So this row, half the people will be looking this way, the other half will be looking this way. Those who are looking this way should probably greet this row, and those looking this way will greet this row, okay? And then they're just going to keep moving. I know it sounds very confusing. What's going to happen is you guys are key to this. This row right here, this second row, is going to be moving one seat down and meeting people and going, hi, high five, going like this. How are you? Peace be with you. My name is such and such. Oh, how did you arrive here? Those kinds of things. Okay, so let's all rise. And second row, uh, every other person looks the other way. Every other person. I know we're going to figure this out. We can do great things. All you need to do is turn around. You're going to talk to each person here. High fives, handshakes. Okay, it's time to move. Move. Move down. Move this. If you're in that middle row, you're moving clockwise. Start rotating. You're the traveling hospitality crew. Keep moving, Royce. Now you make sure that they, yeah, will you guys make sure? Okay, uh, my friends, my partners, Josh and Eric, are going to make sure that you get a little uh, partnership brochure gig today. So you just hold that in your lap. We are going to use pieces of it today. Um, okay, so the one thing that I just wanted, to wanted you to observe as you are being very friendly and as you're uh, high-fiving, hugging, talking kindly to one another, is that um, when you begin to be even this much relational, it's a little bit messy. And, um, but you find that once you get outside of yourself, you really do start to enjoy it. This whole room was full of uh, smiles. So uh, that was that little exercise. We are going to continue to do participation things like that uh, throughout the evening. Um, so I just wanted to prepare you for that. You are still getting your partnership little handouts. 
Um, but while you're getting that, I, I wanted to tell you what tonight is about. Tonight is a little bit about just where we're wanting to move as a church. It's a little bit of the State of the Union. We're going to say what happened a little bit this year, what's happening right now, and uh, where we think we're going a little bit. Um, you're going to, I'm saying a little bit, because really tonight is an open door uh, to start having you think about a deeper commitment, a different way to do um, faith community, and a lot of those questions will be answered in a partnership class that you have a flyer for in your lap now. And uh, those classes will be uh, for four weeks, and I'm not going to go into them right now because uh, Royce will share about those. But uh, so today's kind of a, or this evening's a precursor to those. The biggest, the two biggest words that I want you to hear are, we're really, uh, for a, last year at this time, we would say we were going from informal church to formalizing some things. And I think we're still a little bit in that process as we get more structured and we don't want to lose our creativity or our casualness, but we still need some more organization and some things to be more clear. Um, tonight is really about us going from membership, the, t- the type of idea where I'm a member of Netflix or Costco and I receive something. It's kind of a consumership mentality. And we're moving that and saying we don't want members at Red Sea. We actually want partners, people who will work side by side, who will roll up their sleeves together if we believe in the same mission, vision, values, and strategies on how to live biblically and this thing that we talk about a lot that I'm not going to unpack right now, being Christ-centered or gospel-centered, what does that mean? And so as we, as we continue to travel together, uh, we want to partner with people, which in partnerships, and Dre will tell you, um, something really beautiful about co-ops is when it's a co-operation, and, and we're co-oping with uh, Christ. So when we say partner, we know we're in partnership with Christ and His mission. We're in partnership with each other. We're in partnership with culture, right? Christ, community, culture again. So that's basically where we're going tonight. Um, I wanted to paint a l- tiny picture. This is really the only scripture that I plan on uh, reading to you today. And this was given to me by a partner. Um, Christy Conant made this for me. And uh, she put it on this really cool paper, and uh, I put it in my office. And if you've ever been in my office, uh, it hangs uh, in my office, and it reminds me of our vision. It reminds me of where we're going. And um, where we're going is Isaiah 61, and that's what the Lord has really placed on my heart. And that is the, the Scripture that He used to, to get me up and to begin serving Him to start a church. This crazy idea. And I wanted to read it to you. It says this in Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a garment of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. 
They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. That's just the first four verses. If you've never read Isaiah 61 and you want to know what our vision is, read that. And uh, every time I get to read it and reread it, it just it fuels my heart and, um, and reminds me as to why I think God's brought us to this part of our city. And, um, and so I'm really grateful for that. So I wanted to make sure I read that for you because I think that's the longevity. You lose sight of your vision and uh, you lose sight of what you're committed to. So if you're ever wondering what we're committed to, we're committed to Christ, obviously. We're committed to each other. And Christians get that for the most part, although we want to do that um, very radically and within um, very authentic relationships, gospel-centered relationships. But um, I, I want you to know that we're really committed to reaching the culture. And about the last 18 months, we've been very much really going deeper into relationships and building the church. But I really believe that this next year, you can plan on being out in culture more. We need to be going into the darkness as you hear some of the Philippian stuff of, of uh, likening ourselves to light and the stars. And so that's what God's doing. So that's basically what tonight is about, is keeping that that idea in front of us, that the idea is for us to be a part of restoration and renewal in our city, okay? So God has His kingdom in His city that, that needs to come up amidst this city, this broken city, and so there's a wholeness to the gospel, okay? So, what does it mean to participate in Red Sea Partnership? I'm not going to go on and on about this because I've got lots of people that are going to be speaking but uh, some of the obvious are as, as to what this means for you is that you're going to participate in Christ's community and culture. Quickly said, not everybody who loves Jesus wants to be with the community. And not everybody who likes missional home communities like to be a part of the gathering. And some of the people like the gathering and they like the missional home communities, but they don't really like their neighbors that know nothing about Jesus. And so the deal is, is this is a all, this is a whole thing. So when you take Jesus, you take the man, you take Jesus, the message that he brought, and you take Jesus and his mission. And with us, you take the whole thing. If you're going to do mission with Red Sea as a partner, you're going to be all in on drawing to Christ, developing in community, and deploying to culture. So not reaching the culture and not, and, or going like this to the world blah, 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 isn't an option. So we're called and sent to love uh, Christ, to love community, and to love our culture. So... I wanted to be uh, clear about that. And the other thing that's very, very important, and I'll take one second to, to just make sure that you hear me on this. To be a partner at Red Sea and to be on this mission is uh, to extend grace. It's vitally important for you to understand that we are about anybody that walks through the doors. That we are about anyone that God is calling to Himself and and that we are a place of welcoming and, and we want to work on our hospitality and we want to be a place that people can land and be themselves just as they are, not as they should be, not the big do club, but starting with being. Can people just be? 
And that's very hard. I was really glad that Stacy prayed that to say, on any given moment, it's very hard for us just to be ourselves. There's all these masks and stuff. So to be a partner would mean that you would help protect that atmosphere, that environment that's been architected, we think, by the Scriptures and by God Himself, the Holy Spirit. Okay, so we would actually protect space for somebody to be where they're at. No, we're not condoning and egging on sin, but we're a place that understands that there's sin and brokenness and darkness that goes with each one of us. Okay? So that would be very important for you to know. Also for you to, and I won't get into this, uh, Royce will, uh, time, treasure, talent. To be a partner means that you are going to be an investor. If you are a partner in business, the best business partners are not the ones who just give their famous face. Like when I was in business, if I had a pro athlete that would give me a recommendation for my real estate firm, I would say, hey, uh, whatever, six foot nine guy, um, I, I don't want just your recommendation. I, I also want your money. I, I don't want just your money. I also want your fame or whatever. But in God, when we work towards God's fame and His glory, He wants our whole investment. So it's not just that the leaders at Red Sea are being a little bit stingy and going, man, they really want a lot of me. God does. And so we want you to know partnership means investment. It's going to cost you. Okay? Uh, And then the other one that we really want to move towards is having healthy voices. We really want to create plural situations. The worst times in this church is when there's a solo pastor. We do not want to be pastor-centered church. We don't want one guy and one personality. We want to get away from that. We want a plurality of leaders and shared leaders, and we want the partners sharing in the work and and growing in that leadership. So at the end of tonight, I have an actually about an eight-page survey that you will be leaving here with that I wrote personally that we are very interested in your voice. And I, want, I bet you can guess how this is broken down. Questions about you. Questions about drawing to Christ. Questions about developing in community. Questions about deploying to culture and our overall mission. But there's plenty of space for you to give your opinions. Okay, but here's the warning, right? Philippians just warned us. Watch your grumbling. Watch your heart. Watch your attitude. In fact, we had a small debate um, among a few of the people that got to help formulate this as to would we allow people to do it anonymously? We want your voice. So there's a place you're actually going to sign your name. Because if we want to follow up, we want to know how to get a hold of you, not anonymous. So you count, you matter. Here's the other reason we did that. We knew that we could get maybe even more raw feedback and more feedback if we did allow anonymous. But that would betray how we say we want to travel. We say we want to travel by authentic, gospel-centered relationships. So how can we really get to each other if it's anonymous? So I want you to maybe fill it out with the boldness of anonymous. But I want you to know that it will be safe and it will be confidential between elders 
And if something needs to go to leaders, which some of it will, there's data on there as how you want to invest, how you want to commit as a partner. So the next tier of leaders will, will also know. But uh, if there's something, a section where you're like, I would like nobody else to know this but the pastors, then let us know that, okay? We'll go through it first. We'll get that out of there, and then we'll hand it to the appropriate people, admin people, okay? So you are going to have a big voice, and that's something we really want to continue to do. Okay, here's the last one on what does it mean to partner with us, is that you're devoted to reconciling your relationships, and we, at about 150 to 200 adults, we could teeter on having some clicks. So I want to make sure that, that you know that's not overly hospitable to people when they feel like there's miniature little bubbles. Now, we understand that there's little communities within the community of Red Sea and the way that you travel with people, but especially at the gathering time, I'd like to heighten your awareness of what does it mean for people to come in on all ends of the spiritual spectrum and be able to, to come in here and be welcomed, okay? So as a partner, you would see Sunday as more of a serving time, not a consuming time. And sometimes people go, well, yeah, well, that's good because uh, I don't really get a lot out of Sunday gatherings. That's fine. Come to serve. We, we're not necessarily wanting you to. If you're a mature Christian and you're feeding yourself, that's fine. But you should have something to celebrate each Sunday. If you were in mission with Christ and with each other, and maybe that'll affect the level of how you're able to celebrate and worship um, is did you see God on Tuesday, on Thursday, on Friday? And so um, we'll talk a little bit about that later as we've hired a worship pastor. Okay. Now I want to go into multiple voices. So we're at that point in the evening where... Uh, actually, I'm, I'm having a mindset here. One, we're going to go into the multiple voices, but I just said what you can expect and what you need to have an, a, uh, a taste of as you consider partnering. It's probably only fair for you to understand what will the leaders do if they're partnering. And um, probably the simplest way and the quickest way I could say this is that we will uphold our values and we will teach and instruct and um, and move you in the ways of our values. And if you don't know our values, our values are grace, truth, and unity. And um, I'm not going to go into the big explanation of that, but I want you to know that we will love you and serve you um, and hopefully nurture you and protect you and preserve uh, you in, in ways that uh, is an honor as pastors and leaders. So... I hope that you know we do take our part very seriously. Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about successes and news. And we're going to start out by just some news first of uh, last year. And the first one I'm going to start off with is Russell. And uh, I'm going to make people who have the conch uh, to stand up and speak. But I, I just am asking for basically two, three minutes max, five minutes, we may start waving at people who are speaking. Um, if it's really good, then, you know, maybe four, four and a half minutes. But these guys all have scorecards according to whoever speaks. No, I'm just kidding. 
And, uh, but anyway, I wanted Russell just to give an update on Upper Room. All right, so uh, last year we uh, did Upper Room, and we've been doing it for, uh, oh, well, about five years now. And uh, it's come to the point, well, last year we had some um, problems with Upper Room, and, and it was going well. And uh, to make a long story short, there was a time where we had to uh, shut Upper Room down for a while until we got the proper things to get it going. And that was a hard time for me because at that time, uh, God was starting to speak stuff into my life, and uh, I was wondering where he was leading me towards Upper Room and, and other things with other ministries. And uh, it was at that time where I started to realize that I still cared for the community out there that we serve for the Upper Room, but God was tugging my heart miserably, and, and I was trying to follow him faithfully. And uh, I had to come to terms that uh, I had to basically let Upper Room go. And so uh, through that year's uproom has been fruitful. I enjoy doing it. Uh, that's why I got a tattoo. You can't see it, a logo here. So it, it dearly means something to me. But uh, for me, I have to follow God until where God is leading me to these days. And uh, I'm not going to go into detail about that now, but if you want to know what that is and where God's taking me, take me out to lunch and uh, I'll tell you about it. <laughs> wow. That was perfect. Can I use this real fast? Okay, uh, let's open up these partnership little tiny uh, booklets. And I'm just, I want you to look at the, the little stick figure dude I did. Uh, so when you open up the cover, the left diagram. And I want you, uh, the reason we're looking at this now is because at some point, uh, people were really questioning, like, hey, how come we're not doing Upper Room? How come we're not doing Upper Room? And uh, Upper Room kind of became a trophy for us missionally, um, even though it was within our building. So it wasn't really a scattering of us. And uh, it, was a, it was a great ministry, and it served like 40 to 60 uh, homeless or um, just impoverished people or people that maybe they were wealthy and they could show up and have a meal with dignity and the idea of having conversation with people that would welcome them. And there was such beautiful things that happened in that ministry. But it really disappointed people when it went away. And so what I want to, why we're going to our structures, I want to remind you, and this, this should be a little bit enlightening for you at this point, um, because it's just good to be reminded of how do we function as a church and and, and what are we going towards? Do we have a strategy? Is there a diagram? And this is about the easiest flowchart I could think of this week. Um, so I want to show you how we move forward together in our partnership and, uh, and why I, I really do believe that the Lord was a, a very much a part of the upper room um, ending its season, okay? So here's... here's what's going on. So on the left, those are your houses. They're gorgeous. I know that the flowers aren't there yet, but anyway, you just moved in, okay? So you got your houses over there, and then a lot of people go from their houses, and then that's when they encounter the gathering. And so that's even traditional, right? That's almost our culture. That's how people encounter Christians as they show up to 10 o'clock service or whatever. So that's basically 
how we draw to Christ. That's our main format. And then the second format is we go, and you hear us a lot on Sundays, and we say, now you need to get into a missional home community so like 12 people can know you, and you can start to travel, and you can go a little bit deeper. And, and then we've talked about FLOWS is, is the little acronym for missional home communities. So fellowship, learning, outreach, worship, and service are going to be happening, if it hasn't happened in your missional home community yet, you will see uh, intentional fellowship, learning, outreach, worship, and service. And Brett will talk a little bit about that, but that's what we do there. And really those are the purposes and those are some real muscles of, of what a community of believers do. When community of believers um, gather together, that's really what's happening. And I want you to know this, and hear ye, hear ye. We really consider that to be the heart of our church. The body of Christ really gathers at that point. And so it's a, it's a, it's a depth level that's quite different than uh, the ability to even be anonymous at a gathering, okay? And so you're known and you're knowing others. Now you'll see those triangles, right? So the next move would be, I got 10 people in a living room or we're going to, to help somebody put in a hot water heater for our service of, of during the week or we're going out and, or we're worshiping or we're uh, doing the flows, right? The fellowship, the learning, the outreach, the worship or the service. So we could be doing a number of things. The next thing is, is that you could get into a triad. And so we have the gathering as our primary place. Uh, and then we have our community, missional home communities, and then we have our triads. And our triads are going to be a place where maybe you hear about, um, you're a mom and you hear two other moms say, hey, I'm going to start a triad with this book and we're going to discuss parenting or mothering or um, what it means to be a biblical wife or I'm struggling with this issue or there's recovery issues in my life or I'm not healed of this or or, you know, it could be all kinds of things, life things. And so you hear about that. Triads are going to have all kinds of different forms of health and of the gospel, different angles of the gospel that people will, will surround themselves by, but in a much smaller, more intimate, uh, more accountable and safe setting, okay? Those also, they don't go on and on and on. They may be six weeks, and then you may get into a different triad. So they're very, like, hopping on a lily pad, going over here, you know, you're just hopping around on them, okay? So that's the basic form. Now you'll see underneath the form, see underneath where your, your partner is? The partner underneath, there's a learning community that'll happen on Sundays, which will be a very intentional discipleship, knowledge, um, Bible, 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 and that's where we'll unload the partnership class would be the first thing that you would take in this, and then there'd be other things that you could take. We have True Face down there, Peacemakers class, um, financial classes, marriage classes, those kind of topical type things. And then there'll be a leadership pathway as well, okay? So that's the basic. Now look at the back of this sheet and you'll see another type of thing. So I gave you the nice and neat version if I said, okay, step one, Sunday I'm in the gathering. Tuesday I go to a missional home community. Thursday mornings, because it's convenient for me, at 6 a.m. I meet at Anna Bananas and I'm in a triad and we meet and I've been doing that for six weeks and blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's the way that you're kind of traveling with us. 
Here's what that will do. If you get into a missional home community, this is very important for you to know. We just said that's the church. So when you get into a missional home community and there's 12 people in that living room or 12 people traveling or maybe 12 people are cleaning up that school because that was what you adopted. When I get into that missional home community, what happens is that, per, that leader, those leaders, the husband, the wife, those, those are essentially who are being trained to be my pastors, my shepherds. They're the ones who really know about my life. Because Sean and Royce are really hard to get a hold of, or they're really busy, and they look really tired all the time. And uh, I'd rather be with that. And that missional home community person really does know me more. They know that I was going in for that operation. So um, I expect them to help take care of me. And that's what the leaders, the eldership, is expecting them to take, help take care of you. Okay, but they're going to take care of you to the point where you're healthy, to where you're going to do one of two things and maybe both. From the missional home community, you're going to either serve, they're going to launch you out, and you may be a a missional team leader. So let's say you work at the hospital like Eric does, or someone else who works in the medical field and says, "Um, I work with uh, AIDS patients. And uh, so I'm at my missional home committee, and I say, you know, I'm really feeling led to do this for these AIDS patients, maybe bring groceries to their house or something. Would anybody else want to do that with me? And then maybe you're talking to somebody else at Red Sea, and they want to do that with you. But your missional home community leader wants you to be strengthened and, and strong enough to go out into mission and to be a part of a missional team. Where did Upper Room go? No, we're not going to be doing programs of just mission, what we're all going to be doing as partners is living on mission. And so it'll naturally happen where next year, instead of six programs where we, where, or where we rely on Upper Room or where we rely on Swap and Play, where these, they're, they're really big, very effective ministries to uh, our culture, Instead of just seeing those ones as as the crown jewels, we're going to own something ourselves. So each missional home community will be sending you out into mission. And you'll be doing mission together. So each missional home community is actually the church on that street. It's a mini Red Sea on that street. Those leaders are mini pastors in training. Okay, So their job is to go, what around us what would God lead us to serve and be on mission towards serving? Okay, I'm not going to go much deeper than that other than it's a mess on the back page, isn't it? Each one of those messes should show up in a neighborhood in this city. You want to talk about big vision of Isaiah 61? Is Right now, we are primarily... Remember the other day when we had the black sheets up here and we were lighting candles? Um, Geez, go figure, there was lots of light and candles and people living and on mission and their houses and their workplaces were in North Portland. Well, we want to multiply that. And so that mess should show up on the east side, on the west side, on the south side, in the northeast, in the southwest, or wherever God leads us. Okay? Wanted you to see that. It's very important. Um, and then on the back page where, the, where it's a, a whole bunch of mess, um, I just wanted to see you, have you see the tiers. So somebody within your missional home community um, may be a mission team leader. See that down there? The back page, the very bottom, to the left of the partner. Mission 
team leader may be that person like Eric who works at a hospital and then three people go and do mission with him. Maybe it's every other week, maybe it's once a week, maybe it's once a month, but that's a missional team, okay? Then uh, ministry team leaders leave their home community and they come back and maybe they serve something that looks more like a church ministry. Maybe they're on a worship band, on one of the worship bands, or they're ushers or whatever. So there's teams that come from there. Missional home community leader. So once people begin to be partners and high function, God will lift your stature and your ability to lead others, and you may become a missional home community leader. Then, beyond that, there's also, um, Daisy and I have a leadership community that comes to our house every eight weeks. I bet you didn't know that. So there are some leaders that are in a leadership community that will be poured in every eight weeks in an intentional way, okay? And then the bottom is there's eldership community, which will be people that can sacrifice their life and their time and invest in ways that maybe some others can't yet. And so elders get underneath the whole thing and start um, asking the Lord to take it all, okay? So that's where we're at. Okay, so that's the structure stuff. Now let's get into some successes from last year. And um, the first one I just wanted to talk about was how many of you are in a uh, missional home community that did the Peacemakers series? Okay, that Peacemakers series really moved our church a couple degrees. So if we needed to turn over there, it helped us move a little bit relationally. And it was a huge success. Uh, Royce had made that suggestion. Royce gets a round of applause. Okay, good suggestion, Royce. So the Peacemaker series was, um, was a huge success, and it's a great example of how we just injected a little bit of health um, and some curriculum, and, and we heard lots of people say, you know, at first, the teaching style was very cheesy. It was very uh, my mama's church or, or my last church or whatever. And once people got over the discrimination of going, you know, this looks this way, the content was superior because it was biblical. And then we grew to love those skits, didn't we? No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Uh, so the Peacemakers was huge. I wanted to say that. The musicians, if you are a musician and you have helped us worship, will you please stand up because we're going to clap for you as well. Thank you. Uh, they, did, they have done an incredible job. And uh, others, I think, didn't stand up. And some others aren't here. But uh, whenever you see those people, will you please thank them and, and let them know that you appreciate them for leading us through worship. So that was huge. And then uh, my next person that I'd like to speak uh, is Dre. And uh, some of you know Dre. She runs a ministry called Swap and Play downstairs. I wanted her to talk a little bit about the success of that this year. And also a thing that's also coming up that was a success last year, which we get to do again, called Trash to Treasure. Will you give her a round of applause? Um, let me just first say that Isaiah 61 is my life passage. So when you just read that, I just got chills and started shaking. So I'm a little like, huh, get myself together here. Um, but that's where I'm coming from is I really want to see the desolation of generations um, it's built up. And when you look around St. John's, uh, you can see a lot of desolation from generation 
after generation after generation. Um, we love it here, and we're planning on sticking around for a long time. And um, why am I saying all this? Why am I downstairs doing what I do with Swap and Play? Why do I give hundreds of hours um, to that community? And it's because uh, basically God gave me a vision to um, reach uh, our community in a way that was relational. Um, I work, I've been in ministry for years. I worked for a church for a few years. And I was part of a lot of attempts to outreach, which looked like let's have a 4th of July picnic and invite the whole community to come and we'll spend a lot of money on flyers and bouncy houses and nobody shows up. Um, and my heart is for the walls of the church to be torn down and for us to be transparent and in relationship with people in our community. Um, so Swap and Play is what that is for me. It's my ministry. And so I just want to clarify, too, that Swap and Play is an entity of itself. I minister to Swap and Play because I use my gifts to serve. Red Sea ministers to Swap and Play because you guys, I don't know if you know this, but you guys pay the bill for this building, and you graciously share this building with 120 families six days a week. I don't know if you guys know what goes on down there. I might go long. I'm sorry. No, it's all right. <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys know what goes on down there, but there's 120 families that hang out down there periodically throughout the week. It's open 8 to 8. They have a code to this building. They can just come whenever they want. They have full access. They could walk up here. They could take off with everything here. But the church has graciously said, we trust you. We extend a hand to you and invite you into this building. And it's been a huge success and a huge blessing. I hear people mm. all the time um, telling other people about uh, the space. I had a dad the other day. I was giving a tour to a family, and this dad, he comes every day. He's, a, uh, he's an injured vet, and he's a stay-at-home dad. And he comes here every morning, and he makes coffee, and he hangs out with his kid. And I was giving this tour to this other dad, and this, and this dad that comes every day says, I don't know what I would do without this place. This place is a blessing to me. Um, one night I popped in here just to pick something up or drop something off, and there was this mom who had just had a baby, and she has a two-year-old, and, and I, it was my first chance seeing her since she had her baby, and I was like, oh, hey, you had your baby, and, and she started crying, and she said, I don't know what I would do without this place. My husband works nights, and I don't know if you have kids or have been around kids, they're a wreck in the evenings. Um, and it's her saving grace to come here some evenings and just let her two-year-old run around while she can sit there and nurse her baby and mm -hmm. have a moment of peace. Um, Friday nights have turned into a party down here because um, it's the end of the week and people are tired and their kids can run around and people are cooking pizzas in the oven and hanging out. And right. The community uses this building more than you guys use yeah. it. And anyway, it's just, it's awesome. Um, so that's Swap and Play. Trash of Treasures coming up April 24th. Again, it's a, another opportunity to uh, reach out to the community. It's a recycle, swap, cleanup event in partnership with Swap and Play, in partnership with St. John's Neighborhood Association, Cathedral Park Neighborhood Association. It's a conglomeration of all these groups, the Office of City <coughs> Sustainability and all this where we come together in partnership with all these groups to open this building up and 
Um, this whole space here will be turned into a swap. The outside will be a recycle space. And then that side street will be um, where people can bring mixed waste. What do we need as far as help from you guys? If you guys want to serve and plug into any of this. Um, swap and play is always in need of donations, especially of children's three toddler and up clothing. Um, those, those bins are always empty because the kids, they stop growing and they ruin their clothes by then. The other thing that we need is we have a library downstairs called Preserve and Serve, and it's 100 place settings and canning equipment and all this stuff. We need people to help do checkouts. So people, the other day a woman from the community came in to borrow a dehydrator, and I had to pop in for a half hour and do her checkout, and we're working on the system to get it faster for people, but we need people to help with checkouts. And then the other thing that we need is for Trash or Treasure, it takes about 50 volunteers to pull that off, and Christy Conant is the volunteer coordinator, so contact Raise her. Raise your hand. Is she here? There's oh, hey, Christy there she that. is. Thanks. So, yeah, that's how you can plug in. That's, that's what's going on. That's awesome. <laughs> the other thing you should know is uh, this is Clint. Anytime somebody has this mic and they're speaking about what they're doing, there's usually a spouse or somebody that's in support of them, and so I just wanted to recognize Clint. Um, and they are also going to be, uh, they're not here just because tonight, to talk about swap and play, they're also grafting in and becoming family here. Um, so I just wanted you to know that. And it is an amazing ministry that I would love to talk about for a half hour. It's unbelievable. Uh, the comments that I hear from my office, uh, from people, and the way they brag about this building, it's tremendous. So to, to allow people to come into this place is awesome. Raise your hand if you have been a part of swap and play. I know Jennifer back there has done some things. Christy. Okay, cool. Uh, let's talk about uh, a little bit more on Sundays at the Sunday gathering with Kids Community with Amy. Go ahead and give Amy a round of applause. Hey, okay, you have you have two minutes. Okay, I can do. Tonight. You can speed talk. Um, you know, I was just sitting here thinking and, and looking around and um, just kind of moved by how many babies we have up here right now and just thinking about. Um, the way that our kids' community has been growing over the last couple of years, and it's looked like a lot of different things and had a lot of different people. In fact, I'd say probably half the people in this room have helped. Um, in fact, if you help right now with or have helped with children's community, would you raise your hand? You don't have to stand. Just um, It takes a huge amount of people to make that run successfully and smoothly and safely for the kids each week, and, um, and I'm grateful for all the help with that. And um, most of all, I just think that it's totally an honor for us to be able to piggyback on to what families are doing and teaching their children the gospel at home, and, um, and that we are privileged enough to be able to gather with them on Sunday mornings and continue that on and continue the work that, if you're a parent, that you're doing. And one of the things that's really cool about um, kids' community is you might think that it's just parents that are volunteering down there because their kids are getting served down there. Um, we have five or six college kids that volunteer. We have some single people that volunteer. We have people that have older kids that volunteer. And um, I just, some grandparents <laughs> that volunteer. Um, and so I just encourage you, if, um, it's kind of a requirement that you can tolerate kids and like kids uh, to be with them. And it's okay to say that not everybody is that way and that's totally fine. But um, if you are somebody that is ever interested I just encourage you to um, ask people in your home communities or ask me or other people you see on Sunday mornings um, about what it's like to serve down there. And, um, and feel free to pop down and, and see what it's like and see if it's something that you might be interested in. Awesome. Thank you so much. Oops, sorry. 
One huge sign is that, uh, that things are very successful and very stable, and it's uh, great leadership from Amy, is they do not, uh, they're very out of sight, out of mind, which we don't want that, and we want to remind you, and we do, we are going to shift a little bit and want some family uh, worship gatherings, and so be looking for that, but uh, we're going to need your support, and so they haven't asked anything, and she just didn't ask anything now, but if you haven't been a part of that, especially if you are a parent, it'd be really great for you to think about serving in that way every once in a while, um, so that'd be great. Uh, other successes, so the kids have been a huge success. The men's and women's retreat was a huge success. Um, we've also have some of the favor of the St. John's Boosters, I said some of the favor, but they, uh, they like us and they want to be with us. So we also allow them some office space over across the street. And I'll talk a little bit about uh, the annex, which we're going to call the hub here in a few. Uh, another thing that's successful is getting behind uh, other church planters this year. That's been very successful. Um, Rob Steinbach is in Baltimore. You've heard me talk about Freedom Church. We're going to talk a lot about that. Uh, we want them to succeed. We want uh, them to be faithful to what God's called them to. And so we'll talk about that. Rob's going to come out in May and preach. Uh, we're also getting behind Nick Mucci. Some of you met him at a gathering. He's uh, in New Columbia, and we've gotten behind them and helped them out monetarily from time to time. And uh, I've been coaching him and giving, uh, discipling him a little bit. So just wanted you to know about that. Okay, here's some current things that are happening, beginning with Lisa Bonet. And um, Lisa, you get 42 seconds. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Really fast. So, um, thank you. Um, anyways. <laughs> Give her a round of applause. Okay? <laughs> All right. So, um, I have a passion for making people feel comfortable um, from the second I see them to uh, building a relationship with them. And I know that a lot of you are like that as well. And part of my passion has to do with right when somebody walks in the door, usually people's senses are in high, high mode. What are they smelling? What are they seeing? I know smelling is kind of gross to bring that up, but what are they smelling? <laughs> what are they seeing? Um, do, they feel, do they feel welcome? Um, do we look like we like each other? <laughs> uh, are we friendly to each other? Is it clean? Can I get a cup of coffee? Are people talking to me? Things like that. Um, this is our home right now. God has given us a place to be. And this is our home, and we are all in this family, <laughs> every single person. So I'm going to be heading up uh, various ministries inside something called the Connect Community. And um, it will really, it can be really, really big. And I can't do it by myself. <laughs> and I know that a lot of you have the same heart for people that just walk in the door and don't know uh, where to go next, how to make friends, um, just how to move from walking straight in the door and then being in a home community to growing and going out into culture. So it's a big, um, it's a big process, <laughs> if you will. And um, I just, I know that there's a lot of things that maybe I haven't thought about, but some of the things that I would like to call people to serve, if it is your heart, are, there's just the obvious things right now that we have are serving coffee or um, working behind the Connect booth or greeting people. But there's going to be other things that I really want to hear people's ideas. So in some, at some point in the future, I'm probably going to have like a vision cast type of meeting and invite all of you who would like to 
hear about hospitality type things. So nice. That's it. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Lisa, another thing you don't know about Lisa, she uh, a couple days a week comes in as really unpaid staff and helps me administratively and uh, does all kinds of behind the scenes stuff. So here's what I want you to listen for, okay? First of all, I want you all to stand up. Stretch a little bit. We're in our final half hour, my friends. We have lots of people. It's becoming like the Academy Awards. We are going to start the music as, almost as they talk, okay? Um, here's what I want you to listen for. Why are, I, why are we having all these people talk? Because we want you to, to get behind them, become team members to them, or they'll inspire you to start a team or do something. Uh, Lisa basically is connecting this church um, from the gathering point of view. So when people come in, they fill out a card, and they put it in the mailbox in the lounge, which some of you don't even know that mailbox exists, but that mailbox is there, and uh, you may connect. And so if you say, hey, I play bass, uh, then, then fill out a piece of paper, put it at the connect booth where she'll be at, and she's going to help people get connected, okay? So you can sit down again, and I appreciate you standing and doing all the great things I've asked you to do. Okay, so both of you are going to to stand up. Now I feel like a game show host. This is hilarious. Or Letterman, right? Okay, these guys are from Alberta, Canada. No, I'm just kidding. Um, this is Billy and Tara Kerr. And Billy and Tara, as some of you know, moved here from Phoenix, Arizona this month. They've gotten all settled in. And, uh, and we hired Billy to do worship pastoring and to help us in the gathering, he will own Sundays. So the preaching will sleeve into his, under his um, tutelage and what he wants done. And, and uh, especially when we go to a 9 and 11 in August, the end of August, we're going to go back to 9 11 and never look back. So all you people that want to sleep in a little bit more and all you that want to wake up a little earlier, that'll happen for you. That'll also help our leadership and uh, learning pathways. Now I'm done with that part. Now here we go. These guys followed God up here, and um, we're very grateful that they followed God up here, and we are already benefiting from them and from their story and from their family, and uh, so I want to give a great big round of applause for them. And now you can talk. What are you going to do, Billy? What are we going to do? Well, first plan of attack, since I'm over the the sermon... Part of it is we're going to cut Sean's messages down to like 15, 20 minutes. We're going to work on that. No, That's no. true, actually. So no, no, he's just going to go, hurt man, me. Um, so, yeah, so I'm mainly over the Sunday gathering, and um, that would include, you know, that's the time where we come together, continue our worship that's um, been happening uh, throughout the week in missional home communities and, and all that stuff. Um, so we come together to celebrate. I love Isaiah 61, uh, the phrase that said, um, they will wear a garment of praise and no longer a garment of despair. Um, and so for us as believers and even many in the community around here who, who are suffering from despair in all different forms, to find and discover the worth of God in Jesus Christ and to put on a garment of praise. So it's a very important ministry. Um, Sunday gathering would include, and I'll try not to leave anything out, um, obviously um, music, the bands. Um, so there's opportunities there. Um, the sound booth. Um, media, ushing, um, ushing is where you ush, basically, uh, that's an important ministry, um, and then also, um, part of the ushing would be just kind of helping people, um, find a seat, you know, coming in as a visitor on Sunday morning, 
for the first time, it could be really intimidating, especially if you've never been to church. Um, so to just, just see someone who's there to kind of assist you and to help you. Um, so just a couple things real quick. The two main areas would be number one is service. So um, this is kind of a cool time because um, we're, we're kind of starting to get organized and it's kind of a fresh start in a way. So it's a great opportunity for you to, to begin serving. Um, the areas of service would be uh, the sound, sound booth. We're trying to get that organized and open up some opportunities and pathways to serve in there um, to even train you and help you in that. Um, in the, the multimedia, um, the ushering ministry is actually a great open door because it's very easy. Um, you know, if you can pass a bucket around and you can smile, um, you know, if you're bipedal and you have a pulse, like, you can do it, you know. It's very easy. Um, so it's a great way just if you're like, I don't really know what to do, but I want to serve, that could be a great open door. Um, and then um, serving as a musician, we're always looking for musicians. Um, the way that, that uh, we want to start doing it is to, to form bands. Um, I love the fact that there are bands. It creates a focus um, with um, some, you know, just a lot of creativity can come out of that as a band is playing together. Um, so if you play an instrument, if you sing, whatever that is, there's opportunities there. And then the second thing would be leadership training. And there's already some who have begun serving this year in that capacity um, as worship leaders. Um, we want to kind of develop band leaders, people who lead, in the, lead those bands that shepherd in those ways. So um, we're going to be taking people on that journey, really excited about that possibilities with that. So um, the first thing that I want to do is just have a meeting coming up pretty quick of anybody that's interested. Um, I know who some of you are. Um, but please come see me if you're interested at all in, in serving in that capacity. We're going to have a big meeting and just get everybody together. Yeah, is my time up? Or you just love me? Is it? I just wanted to hug you. Oh, thanks, I just man. thought it was a good time for that. That was. Okay. I, f- I felt it, too. Um, but I stopped you mid-sentence. Yeah, no worries, dude. Okay, yeah. we're good? I'm gonna be, you're going to be 15 right. minutes, so I'll get you back. <laughs> That's true. All right, thank you. Okay. Yeah. Just to get you thinking, when we're done with Philippians, which Philippians has been very, very rich, obviously God's been speaking depth to us in Philippians and really turning light bulbs on. Our next uh, series through the summer and when we're done with uh, Philippians will be uh, Psalms. So that'll be a lot of fun to see uh, kind of a, a freshness in our worship and going through the Psalms will be a blast. The other thing I was going to say, I forgot, but that means that it's uh, Kim Blomgren's turn. Hi, Kim. Come on up. Will you guys give Kim a round of applause? I thought you'd drop that. Audrey might try to eat the microphone. Before Kim speaks, let me speak really quickly about uh, who she is to what we're doing really quickly. I started a team called the Missional Business Administration, MBA. Kind of clever, right? People go and get their MBA. Missional Business Administration. So Kim is leading a team of three right now. You might even call it a triad with the Robnets. Uh, Joel and Kate Robnett, who are in Phoenix tonight. But Joel and Kate Robnett and Miss Blomgren here has uh, started a, almost an advisory to me and Roy. So I bring them business type things, finance things, real estate type things, and I have them chop it up and we talk about all of these types of things and then I bring it into an eldership meeting. So I wanted you to, to know that she's on a secret CAA team here and um, so really listen to her. She's a ninja, okay? And... Uh, and then now you're going to tell us about that other thing. 
So part of what we do on the NBA team is really take the church's vision and mission and bridge that to some practical decisions that we're making for the church. So one of the things I wanted to talk a little bit a little bit about is that would be awesome. Yep. Yeah. I'll be less likely to do the Oscar music on you too. Before you know, her whole mouth will be on the microphone. One um, of the team? practical decisions that we made not too long ago was to bring something to Red Sea called cobblestone, and we're all really excited about it. Lisa and I. Um, we're just um, talking about it earlier today. We're going to kind of bridge that over to the Connect community shortly. But um, how many of you guys use Facebook? How many of you use like a Google Calendar? Some sort of a calendar. How many of you use like MapQuest or Google Maps? Any of that kind of stuff. How many of you email or IM each other? We're going to bring all of that together in one application for Red Sea. It's going to be awesome. I'm really excited about it. Uh, I think the potential for it is huge. Lisa and I were trained on it this morning. We're going to integrate all sorts of groups, uh, missional home communities, what have you, into it. So we have one place to go for everything related to communication and the church and what's going on, being able to connect with one another, being able to share uh, prayer requests, answered prayers, um, successes, all these types of things. This is going to be really incredible. So the one action item I have for everyone here tonight is very shortly you'll receive an email saying, please go to Cobblestone and fill out your profile. If you could please do that, insert your information, then we'll get you connected with appropriate groups and, and really get the community online alive, living, and, and thriving. Thank you, Kim. Kim is a great example of someone who was uh, a part of the gathering, and, um, but had worked 15 years at a company called Tripwire and Communications. Uh, so hear this. What you do when you're not with us, professionally or in your employment, that's something we would love for you to serve the Lord with. And so when she stepped up and said, you know, I probably could help us do some more communication things, it was like, yes, that's great. Uh, we love it. So uh, we may say yes, like no duh, to you as well. So be thinking about how you can step forward in doing all that. Uh, right now, I would like to ask, oh, it's over there, uh, Brett. What, a round of applause for Brett. I know Brett will go quick. So... Usually I'm here to talk about money, but not today. To, today I get to talk about Mission and Home Communities. Um, just want to highlight a few things. So as we've been going through Philippians, it talks about being of one spirit, of one mind. And a few months ago, the home communities were operating more independently in Beaverton and Gresham and St. John's, kind of all fairly on their own. Uh, so a few weeks ago, we took a retreat, and we really came together as a team, one mind, one spirit, um, ready to just be excited about leading home communities. Um, so, out of that, also, all the missional home community leaders are getting together once a month. Uh, we get a time just to process and, and be able to go through some of our own stuff, too. And So, it's just a really great time for the leaders to connect. Uh, so, some good news coming. Um, if you are looking for a home community, we challenge you definitely to join one. 
Uh, we have two starting up. We have one starting up in a couple weeks, and then we have another one starting in June. So if you are looking for one, sign up at the Connect booth. And if you are in a home community currently, uh, we just want to thank you for, uh, as leaders, thank you for watching our kids so that we can get together as leaders and uh, just be fed. So keep that up and uh, keep babysitting for us. Thanks. Yes. Round of applause. Okay. Uh, another thing you, you may not know about Brett is he's like uh, King Deacon Stud. Can just do all kinds of different things. He's a Renaissance man. He is a wonderful poet. Have him write you. No, I'm just kidding. He isn't. Um, sorry. That was just bad. Um, Brett is on staff. So I don't know if you knew that, but uh, it would be really good for you to know that. Brett is a very integral uh, piece of our team. He is a behind-the-scenes guy, but I'm serious when I say he can do anything. He just laid IKEA floor for us over in what we're calling the hub now. Um, so he's going to be leading a lot of the projects this summer, or he'll be over them. And um, so if you're also a building person and like to do those types of things, we could really use that. Uh, and please see Brett on that. Um, okay, so while we're in that mode of talking about the hub, I just want to let you know a few things that are happening over there. We just refurbished some of the top floors. Um, there's been painting that's been done. Uh, we have two artists in the back of the hub. I don't know if you knew that, but we have two in-residence artists um, that are really great to be in community with. Nathan Conant does piano lessons in that building, and so that's another way that you see people coming in swap and play, you see people touring the art over there, you see people coming in for piano lessons. And now, one of the newer things that we're going to have is a recording studio. We've talked years about this type of idea, uh, and, and we kind of let it go dormant. Um, so we are going to do a recording studio here with Mike and Jonathan. Raise your hand, Mike and Jonathan. And uh, a round of applause for them. Okay. They're not going to speak, though. Um, we're not going to let them speak. We're just going to keep going. Sorry, guys. I totally... I uh, mean, we love you. And they, yeah, they're too good for that. But um, anyway, the recording studio. And then also, I uh, wanted to let you know, this is a really big deal that's really coming to fruition as of yesterday. We've had several people talk about wanting to do a garden space with our empty space over there next to the hub. And um, so we have a church that wants to join us in doing this. And I've talked to them about how we really care about Isaiah 61 and we want to um, have produce go to the poor and the people who really need it. And fresh food is expensive and organic food is expensive. And so how cool would it be as a piece of the gospel to be able to do that? And so the other church is called Bread and Wine. They're brand new. They have about 25 people. And uh, we've become good friends, me and the guy who's planting it. And uh, so they want to come over here and we're going to to get crazy on that garden. So if you want to do gardening and you want to be a part of that team on various levels, let us know, uh, let me know, and uh, I'll get you in the right place. Uh, I have other people like Kathleen Sanchez who has, who has said that she cares very much about it and Amy Gilkey who also runs home community, or, uh, Kids Community. Those two ladies do a lot here. So I'd also like to throw it up to say, if, you're, if you got that green thumb and you really love that kind of stuff and you would want to be our point person, I would love to talk to you, okay? So that's an area that's a huge opportunity. So recording studio and garden are probably the two 
first future happenings there. And then uh, Josh and Jamie are right here. Josh and Jamie Junkin, we still clap for everybody. I know we're getting late. Um, you absolutely have one minute because, one minute. yeah, we, and if she wants you to, you could, you could do that. Okay. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, so Jamie's one of those people that doesn't necessarily like to talk, but she did it. I appreciate that. Brett doesn't like to talk. I appreciate that. Um, they did a great job. Uh, Garrett, I'm not going to have you speak tonight because uh, the credits are starting to roll. But uh, Garrett, raise your hand. You're, he can't raise his leg, but he just had surgery. This is Garrett Forshee. Garrett is uh, going to be leading a ministry called the Mentoring Project. Some of you have uh, participated in mentoring. We've done mentoring throughout the years, and um, we're interested in doing the Mentoring Project. And I would also like to think about how we would, because that mentors fatherless boys. It'd be great to mentor uh, girls as well at some point. So I'd like you to be thinking about that. Maybe that's something you want to do. Uh, Corey Thomas is right there. There's another Renaissance man. Corey does uh, just all kinds of things. He washes my car, back rubs. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, that got gross. Uh, anyway, other than that, uh, Corey is going to be starting a college community. So when you hear these things, I want you to go, well, it sounds like we're doing programs again. No, we're going to do it according to what your little brochure says. So it's going to look different, and it's not like the church that does this big lane of just men and women, you're going to see some differences that we can't talk about tonight. But anyway, college will have some missional home communities on campus, those types of things. Uh, but Corey will be getting that going. So mentoring project, uh, college community. Also wanted uh, some of you to start praying and thinking about a global vision. We do lots of stuff right here in St. John's and it becomes a little myopic and I live on the, the peninsula and those of us who live on the peninsula, we know we get a little myopic. Sometimes it's fresh air to go downtown or to another neighborhood because we got a little village here and it's killer and we love being on the peninsula, but sometimes you just get that. We need to continue to get outside of ourselves and see the whole church and the whole world and so we want to have a global vision. One of the things that's been offered to me through Luis Palau, some of you know Luis Plow. Uh, they've invited me to go to India this year to preach. 
and uh, to go to London and preach. And so uh, they asked me about myself and know about us and Red Sea. And I said, well, I wouldn't want to go there by myself. I'd like to create teams whenever we do something globally in vision uh, and keeping within relationships. So I don't want to go there and just preach. I'd like to bring three people from Red Sea to each place that I go to start preach and evangelize around the world. And so that's a piece that's going to happen at Red Sea. We're going to become more global, okay? Um, and I'm still looking for some people that would people for our friends, the parish family that we sent two years ago to Kabul, Afghanistan. I really need to build a global team. So if you really have that international flavor and you really care about the gospel reaching all nations, uh, which I think we all should, but uh, I need some point people for that and the church can get behind that, okay? Okay, we actually made it to, I have one last person that I'm going to let speak and she has one minute and it's Heather. Heather, you knew it was you. This is Heather Higginson. Will you? Okay, I'll make it really fast. But Judy and I just went through this 40-hour training uh, for the Genesis process, and that's what this book is. And this book is a one-on-one counseling program for those who are struggling with drug and alcohol addictions and want counseling with that, for those that want to change. And that's what this is based on. And so we'll be doing that, and then we'll be doing this through the Red Sea. And so if you want something to change in your life, these are change groups. And they're based off of the tools that we learned through the recovery ministry. And this is for a much broader base of things that we can struggle with, like struggling with food addictions, with uh, anxiety. Um, Do you want to read that list? You're next. Um, if you struggle with uh, self- low self-esteem, cutting, anger, anxiety, depression, um, anything that separates you um, from, from God or anything that's negative in your life that you want to get rid of, um, we've both had you know, training and have worked in the field, and this is where our heart is, so we want to reach out to any woman that's hurting and would like to start changing their life. Yeah, and right now we're going to be focusing on women, and we are interested in expanding that to men as well. If there's someone who would like to step up and partner with us in that, there's facilitator books that go along with the change groups, and that's really easy to multiply. So we can get that started with guys right away. And so it's just Genesis. It's, it's about change and about becoming a new creation in Christ. It's grace-based, and it's just free to be who you are and to say, I just... I need some help getting through this. And that's what we're there for. Nice. Thank you. So these redemptive groups will probably start in that triad format. So uh, if you're interested in that, talk to Heather or Judy. Uh, Okay. So here's what I'm realizing. As our church continues to grow and ministry opportunities continue to grow, we probably we'll condense this and take half the ministries that are happening or whatever. So I want you to know we'll, we're always learning and improving. So the next time we do this, we can have half the people speak. But I think it's very beautiful and very necessary for you to see that there are lots of people already partnering. And I hope that's, that's instilling something in you and seeing uh, not just a f- one pastor or two pastors and going, oh yeah, I can't do what they do. But I hope you're seeing that this is all of us, okay? So what is the next step? There's a few next steps, okay? Well, first, this is just 
something I have to do. Higley, you need a bunny. I want to give you guys, Quinn, I know you're, ladies, I just want you to have some Reese's. Guys, I was just going through the store and I was thinking about how adorable Russell is. Clint, sorry, you may not want that, ladies. Okay, so Royce is about to come up here and the next step as I give all the coin out to Laz um, is what is the next step with the partnership classes? But before you speak, Royce, I want everybody to know something. There's two things that I want you to have. I want you to have the answer to partnership in here. The answer to partnership, how we will do this, is in here. Okay? And then there's your surveys. Okay? So don't leave here without picking up one of those surveys. Um, and then I want Josh, Josh always gets picked on, and Charlie and Sean, if they need your help, to take that cross and put that cross right here. Yes, right now. Okay, Royce, you're on. Um, I'm going to sh save the 20-minute spiel that Sean promised me. Um, That's just not true. It's not true. In fact, in fact that segues into my, uh, what I want to say. My role here at Red Sea as an elder has shifted a little bit from being on staff, as many of yeah, you know, to uh, uh, my role as an elder has shifted to focusing on the truth side of our values. I'm going to lean heavy into truth. So... Uh, uh, part of that is is in the discipleship and training and all those kind of things that we're calling credo. First of all, with regards to next steps with partnership, we use the we use the word and been using it a lot with Philippians and we're unpacking what that means with Philippians, but we're also going to talk a little bit more specifically. So we have four weeks of classes coming up. Yes, four weeks of classes. The in your little packet that Sean gave you, they're outlined there. The dates they're on a Saturday and a Sunday. Just to make me be clear, because I know I'm going to get this question about a dozen times. You come either Saturday or Sunday, not both. They're two hours a pop. we got a lot to cover in each two hours, okay? And in what we're covering in each of the classes is, is outlined there. This is very important. This is a requirement for you to be an official uh, partner with Red Sea. We don't call it membership because it's not that. It is a partnership. There is a stewardship. There is a responsibility. There is an identification of roles and responsibilities and commitments and expectations of what it means to be Red Sea and to partner together with Red Sea. So that's what we're going to be covering for four consecutive weeks. You need to be there and be a part of that if you're going to sign on with us um, as a partner. And why is that significant? Because it's going to be those people who move into partnership. doesn't mean you can't come to the gathering and be a part of the ministries of Red Sea. But those who want to move into any kind of leadership role, any kind of other aspects of ministry, we're going to first say, hey, have you partnered with us enough? Are you committed enough to get grounded in the word and grounded in what Red Sea is to take the next level? So that's why we're doing that. Um, a couple questions I've already gotten, so I'm going to answer them right now. Husbands and wives, can one come and it covers for both of you? The answer is no. Okay. Uh, yes, it, you're married, you're one in Christ, and all that kind of stuff, and it's awesome, and we actually will talk about that. However, the reason we, we, there's a couple reasons. One is we know that there are varying degrees of commitments, and just because one spouse is all in doesn't mean the second one is all in. So that's just blunt. The, the second reason for it is we want to provide more and more leadership opportunities for both men and women. So therefore, just to have your husband come and be a part of the class 
wives, women, you need to also partner, in a, partner with us equally in a partnership level to move on to a leadership level. So that's a part of it too. The second thing that people ask us is, if you're already members of Red Sea, do you have to take all four classes? Um, and Sean already alluded to the fact that Sean and I decided that no, you do not have to. However, first of all, you might be saying, well, who's already a member of Red Sea? If you're a member of Red Sea, you already know who you are because you already went through a membership class and you already, you already know that. If you can't remember, then that's not a good sign. You're probably not a member of Red Sea. Now, that being said, if you are an existing member of Red Sea, we're going to erase that membership title and call you a partner. You must come to the fourth week. However, I, uh, this is where I'd be a little stern in the truth side. I'm hard-pressed for find a reason why you shouldn't come to all four weeks. It is good stuff. It's important stuff to be Red Sea. It's been a few, week, few years since we've done membership classes. We're going to lean heavily into the scriptures of what it means to be here. And I would strongly, strongly, strongly encourage you, if you're an existing member of Red Sea, to attend all four classes. Okay? That being said... Um, Part of that is, 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 has surfaced, as we've talked to this, some people about this partnership stuff and things like that, there has surfaced a, this is also where I get a little stern, a little truthful, there has been sometimes, what is the minimum we need to do to be partners? What is the lowest, lowest factor I need? What do I have to attend? What do I have to sign? What's the minimum I need to do? And if you're asking yourself that, that is a, a red flag that this is not necessarily something you should be doing. If you're looking for the minimum effort it takes to be a partner with the Red Sea, we're going to have problems because it's going to require more and more of us. We're not going to be overly demanding. We try to be convenient. We try to work with those things. But at the same time, there's a part of stewardship with the gospel. There's part of working hard and co-laboring and all those things that Paul's talking about in Philippians, how he's in prison writing this letter. It costs sometimes. And so that's part of these classes. It's a cost. It's an inconvenience. It's an inconvenience for us to do it for four weeks in a row, two days a week. So we just want to encourage you to be a part of that. I'm not going to go into things like credo. Credo pathways, one of the other things that's going to be happening more with Red Sea, a weakness that we've had, is clarity in our discipleship process and being able to reproduce it. Sean alluded to the triads and some of the other things. We're going to have, and we'll talk about this in the partnership classes, some more clarity of how do we get discipled, how do we disciple other people. This isn't simply about Sean and Royce holding classes. This is about us equipping people who will equip people who will equip people who will equip people and, and disciple each other. That's what this is about. Um, one last thing that I want to invite you to. Um, we're also shifting gears uh, in a number of different ways. Red Sea. Some of them are quieter, uh, but yet no less important. Uh, we are, we've been, a number of people have been praying for a while about various aspects, and we've talked about prayer before. We preached on it last summer. Um, what I'm doing now is just inviting you to, uh, this is just a, an invite, it's not a formal program, it's not a big deal, but we're going to start gathering for prayer from 9.15 to 9.45, while we have a 10 o'clock service, a 10 o'clock gathering, uh, here in this, in this room, if we're, if we're not in this room, we're going to be in that room over there, there's a room with couches that sometimes the musicians use, uh, we're going to be over, th- we'll be in this room, okay. Sorry, man. Okay. Okay. It's change is happening. I, I didn't get the memo, so uh, apparently. So we're going to be behind one of the two doors. Uh, if the people are looking down and mumbling to themselves, that's the guys praying. This is the invite. 
If you, you don't have to come every week. This is not a formal ministry. This is not a sign-up sheet. There is no sign-up sheet. We're just asking if the Lord has laid in your heart to come and pray for Red Sea, pray for the gathering, pray for the people. We're going to have lists you can work through and some suggestions and stuff. My wife Monica and I will be here. Sometimes we won't be here. But we're going to be asking you to come 9.15 to 9.45 to pray with us and just to lift up Red Sea and all the people here uh, in prayer. Am I done?